2: Hello again friends and welcome into Gamecock Central Radio. It's Emerson Phillips joined by Scott Davis. Scott's our columnist here on Gamecock Central and he brings us a fan's perspective each week. He lives in Atlanta. He's a lifelong Gamecock fan and a University of South Carolina alum. Scott, welcome into the podcast. Good to have you again today, man. How you doing?
3: Emerson, great to be with you. I'm doing pretty good. I went to Athens on Saturday, saw the Gamecock's lose by a couple of touchdowns to the number one Georgia Bulldogs, but came away from the experience feeling pretty good about the future of this program and the direction that things are taking under Coach Will Muschamp. I'm definitely not a moral victory guy, and even if I was, this was not a moral victory. South Carolina lost by 14 points, so you can't claim anything resembling a moral victory after that, but they played hard. They played probably about as well as they can play, and You even had Georgia coach Kirby Smart after the game saying, you know, they played harder than we did, and we just had some better players than they did, and Nick Chubb and Sonny Michelle were the difference. But other than that, they they outplayed us, and he went on to say he believes South Carolina will be a force to be reckoned with in the future, and I hope he's right.
2: And that brings us to the headline of your column this week. It's Waiting for Liftoff. Scott's piece is on GameCockCentral.com right now. We hope you'll check that out. And, Scott, an interesting metaphor in your column this week. You fell asleep on the couch after going to Athens on Saturday, and you woke up Sunday morning. The TV was still on, and Top Gun is playing. And I loved in your column, you said that, uh, you know, a movie, very popular movie from the 80s back when Tom Cruise was still sane. <laughs> <laughs> and on, on the TV, Scott, when you woke up Sunday morning, there's a shot of a jet plane sitting on a runway waiting for takeoff. And that to you, you saw Gamecock football on that screen.
3: Well, first of all, you know the movie's old when it took place when Tom Cruise was still sane because that hasn't <laughs> been the case for quite some time. But uh, Emerson, if you didn't think it, it, after reading my columns for a couple of years now that I could relate seemingly anything to the 1980s, 80s culture, 80s movies, and 80s music. I think I've done that almost just about 50 to 60% of the columns I've ever written for Gamecock Central, but I I can, and uh, I'm sure there still are some 80s-related columns left for me to write. I hope so. And like you said, when I woke up Saturday morning, or Sunday morning, rather, of all things Top Gun was on... And uh, the movie had just started, and the scene that I was seeing was a jet plane sitting on a runway waiting to take off. And that just seems kind of like where South Carolina is. You feel the uh, possibilities. You feel the excitement. You know that uh, they're capable of doing good things. They just haven't taken the plane uh, into the air yet. But I think after Saturday, we can see that the possibilities for them doing that, are very real, and um South Carolina is a team that may not deceit you, but I don't think is a team that you really look forward to playing right now and After that three and nine debacle a couple of years ago where they just were easily pushed over, that was a very welcoming sight to see in Athens on Saturday.
2: Scott, you make an interesting point. You know, the Georgia game for South Carolina is kind of a barometer for how the season will go, and this game typically takes place very early in the season. But this year, a little bit later date, uh, early November, next year the game will move back to the first month of the season. But uh, in your column, you point out that, uh, you know, when the Gamecocks get blown out by Georgia, it typically turns out to be not a very good year. Mm -hmm. If the Gamecocks beat Georgia, it ends up being a special year. And when the Gamecocks play hard and lose a close one, we don't really know how the season's going to go. So that's kind (laughs) of where we are this year.
3: It really is true. I think if you look back at the Georgia game, that has been a game for South Carolina that's been very competitive pretty much year in and year out. I've definitely seen the Gamecocks get blown out by Georgia during my long tenure as a South Carolina fan. But in general, it's a competitive football game, and it was again – on Saturday, and you mentioned the schedule. You know, when I was in college at South Carolina, that was always the first FTC game of the year. There was just a, a, a big weight placed on that game. It really meant something if you could come out and win that game and kind of establish yourself for the year. And unfortunately, all too often back in those days, South Carolina didn't do that. And ended up kind of limping to the finish line. So it has always been a measuring stick of of sorts for South Carolina since they joined the SEC 25 years ago. And uh, I am happy. The last few years, that game has been a little bit all over the map in terms of when it's been scheduled. So I'm looking forward to getting that thing back towards the beginning of the year next year. And I hope it stays there because I've always enjoyed that being South Carolina's opening SEC game of the year, and you can quickly kind of see where you are. And I think after this game, Georgia really has established itself in 2017. You know, I've teased their fans throughout this year in my column. I'll, I'm sure I'll keep doing it because it's fun to do, but, uh, I think, I don't think you can take anything away from their program at this point. They've annihilated almost everybody they played except for South Carolina and Notre Dame, who has only lost one game, and that was to the Georgia Bulldogs. I think South Carolina acquitted themselves very well on Saturday, and hopefully they can finish out this season strong.
2: Debo Samuel, large pepperoni pizza game balls, plenty of them to go around this week after Carolina's 14-point loss to Georgia. Georgia, the number one ranked team in the nation, and two touchdown loss in a game that the Gamecocks were in until the fourth quarter. Again, no moral victories, but I think a result that a lot of Gamecock fans not terribly disappointed with based on the fact that uh, Georgia was a 24-point favorite in this game, and a lot of folks thought uh, Georgia was going to take South Carolina to the woodshed, but that didn't really happen, Scott. Georgia won the football game, and they improved to 9-0. and Gamecocks now 6-3 and and 4-3 and in the SEC, and plenty of debos to go around this week, and we start with Hayden Hurst and Brian Edwards. Yeah,
3: those two guys really had good good days on Saturday. You know, I think Gamecock fans have been waiting for Hayden Hurst to explode. We know he's a talented tight end. He catches the ball very well. He blocks pretty well, and he's a big target. And believe it or not, it may not seem to you that Hayden Hurst has compiled a pretty good statistical uh, number of catches and yards and everything else that you would hope to see from uh, an all-SEC caliber tight end, but there just hadn't been a game where he kind of exploded out of the gates and started to impose his will, and that did happen on Saturday. Georgia just didn't have much of an answer for him at times. There were a couple of third down and longs South Carolina faced on offense where they were able to convert by uh, throwing the football to him. And then Brian Edwards caught some very difficult uh, – balls to catch um jake bentley as we talked about many times on this podcast has been a little bit up and down with his accuracy in 2017 i don't know exactly what's going on there but brian edwards was able to make some tough catches um that perhaps he may sh- maybe should not have been able to make and so that kept South Carolina alive. They couldn't get anything going in the running game, and those two guys were uh, at least gave them the ability to kind of stay alive and hang around in that football game.
2: Yeah, big-time players seem to emerge in big games, and that's what happened with Hayden Hurst and Brian Edwards. And on defense, Scott, it was Sky Moore, who to me will go down as one of the Gamecock all-time greats. I really
3: agree with that, Emerson. I, he he just um, – for a defensive player he just really seems to show up week after week and and that's really hard to do um you know you you just don't see that many defensive players who you just keep hearing their name get called over and over again you keep seeing their faces on highlight reels and he's one of those guys and i don't know what the future holds for him in the NFL when he goes or tries to go to the next level. But his career in South Carolina has just been tremendous, and they're really going to miss him next year.
2: Sky Moore gets a Debo this week as well. And, Scott, I was interested to read about the tailgate party that you attended in Athens this weekend. We give the Bulldogs a lot of grief here on Gamecock Central Radio. I often say that there are days <laughs> when I dislike Georgia more than I dislike Clemson. But Athens really is a special place. It's a beautiful place and you know a lot of the fans are, are good hearted people that know how to welcome the visiting team.
3: No doubt about it. Um Athens, if you if you are a Gamecock fan and you've not attended a game at Georgia, you need to do it. It's one hundred percent one of the the best venues in the SEC. It's exciting to be there. As I said in the column, this is my tenth time attending a uh, football game in Athens, and every single time, even the time South Carolina was blown out of the stadium, it's been fun. And there is an intensity among Georgia fans when you get in that stadium. It, it can be they they want to make life difficult for visiting fans, and I like that. I, that that fuels me. It makes me excited. So I like being in that environment. But before the game, uh one of our friends down here in Atlanta has a tailgate um, in Athens every week, and we've wanted to get there, and we finally did, and it was tremendous. It was a great scene down there. It felt like big-time SEC college football. It's everything you could hope from an atmosphere and environment in November, and uh, I was glad to be a part of it.
2: So upper-crust Georgia fans, I probably should specify, Scott, uh, upper-crust Georgia fans know how to welcome visiting team fans, but there's no question that uh, Athens can be a hostile place for visiting Mm -hmm. fans, and you have found a way to – be quiet for the most part when you're at Athens supporting the Gamecocks, and that's important for your safety. You
3: know, at some point, I don't know when it happened, but I learned to kind of go incognito on the road, and I think when I was in college, I used to go to the Georgia game every year in Athens. Uh, At one point, I think I attended something like 16 or 17 consecutive South Carolina-Georgia games home and away. And, uh, I saw a lot of fights breaking out in Sanford stadium. And at some point I quietly resolved to myself that I was not going to be one of those people that got involved in one of those things. And so I just started quietly filing into the stadium, watching what happened and getting in my car and leaving. And I advise everyone to follow that advice when you're on the road, it makes things a lot easier. I don't even really wear, uh... Gamecock gear when I'm on the road. I just kind of go into the stadium and watch it and if somebody thinks that makes me a bad fan, I don't care. It just makes life easier for me.
2: Scott, your wife gets a Debo Samuel game ball this week for what I think is the line of the year. She said to you Saturday, (laughs) when did every college girl start attending games dressed like a hooker?
3: (laughs) Well, I tell you, I don't know. and It was a good question. I didn't have an answer for it. We uh, both went to South Carolina in the Early to mid 1990s, uh, when people got very dressed up for college football games, perhaps even more than they needed to. And there were, uh, there there was a surprising lack of collecting (laughs) in the football game on Saturday for, uh, fans of both teams. So it was interesting to see. And, but again, a great scene in Athens. It always is, um, It's just what SEC football is all about. I can't recommend it highly enough.
2: All right, let's move on to deflated balls here, Scott. We're talking with Scott Davis, Gamecock Central columnist. Waiting for liftoff is the headline of Scott's piece this week that is on Gamecock Central. We encourage you to check it out. And we hope you've downloaded the Gamecock Central Radio phone app that's on the App Store and on Google Play. This app allows you to listen to our podcast on your cell phone or mobile device. The app is free. Our podcasts are free. Download the app today and subscribe to the Gamecock Central podcast. Just search for Gamecock Central Radio. We're on iTunes, SoundCloud, and other popular services. Or you can simply visit radio.gamecockcentral.com. Also... We hope you'll take advantage of the Gamecock Central Hotline. This is a phone number that we've set up for you that allows you to call in and leave your questions about Gamecock football or about an upcoming opponent. And Wes Mitchell and Chris Clark, our Gamecock Central insiders, will answer your questions on an upcoming game day edition of Gamecock Central Radio. The Gamecock Central Hotline number is 803-497-9058. It's 803-497-9058. You call in, leave us a voice message, comments, questions, feedback. Leave a message on the GC Hotline and we will play a recording of your voice on an upcoming game day edition of Gamecock Central Radio, getting ready for South Carolina and Florida coming up on Saturday. So, Scott, that moves us to deflator's. And you got a handful of those this week as well, and it starts with uh, the run game for South Carolina, really on both sides of the ball. Gamecocks could not run it, nor could they stop that vaunted Georgia running attack.
3: It's one of those cliches about watching the game of football. You hear people say it all the time. You need to be able to stop the run, and you need to be able to establish the run on your side, and South Carolina could do neither on Saturday. You know, Nick Chubb and Sony Michelle, it just feels like Georgia – just always has an elite running back. I don't know what they're doing down there, but going back to Herschel Walker's days in the early 1980s on through, you know, Ty Gurley before the Chubb and Michelle era, there's just always somebody in that backfield that terrifies you. And like I said in the column, it seemed like the Gamecocks had done a pretty good job of containing Chubb. And then you look at the stat sheet and he has 102 yards rushing for the day. And it was actually Sammy Michelle who made some of the more back runs during the game. He was um, slowed in the backfield multiple times and was able to just kind of juke Gamecock defenders out of their shoes and find a way to squirt forward for six or seven yards. Guys like that are so infuriating to watch. If you're a losing fan, you just can't seem to tackle them. And some of Nick Chubb's runs really reminded me of Marcus Lattimore When he was wearing a Gamecock uniform, he was deep in the backfield, took the handoff, and really sort of slowly glided towards the line of scrimmage. And once he found that hole, he just punished it. And before you knew it, he was seven or eight yards down the field. And Gamecocks couldn't do much about that. And then on their own end, they couldn't really get anything going in the running game and had to try to rely on Hayden Hurst and Brian Edwards, as I said. And unfortunately, it wasn't enough.
2: Scott, I think you've given yourself a deflated ball every week this year, or just about every week, and and once again this week you've got one for yourself for trying to be despondent about the game (laughs) Sunday morning and not being able to do it.
3: Well, I pretty much always deserve a (laughs) a deflated ball (laughs) the way the intensity with which I watch these games and follow South Carolina, but I did. I, I tried to be depressed Sunday morning like I typically would in the wake of a loss to Georgia. But I couldn't find a way to do it. I I felt pretty good about this game, and I know that's always kind of uh, um, something that signals danger when you start looking at losses and thinking, hey, that wasn't that bad, and that's usually when the bottom falls out. So you do have some concerns about that going forward because I think the Gamecock fan base feels pretty good about this loss in a very strange way. I mentioned in the column that there was not a single fan that I talked to leading up to this game that was confident in any way, shape, or form about it. And that really is new to me, seeing South Carolina fans approach the Georgia game, which is one that even when Carolina is having a tough season, has just been a game that fans simply have just wanted to believe the Gamecocks could win. They didn't this year, and as a result... They feel fairly, it seems, satisfied about this loss, as I did. And so I'm optimistic about the future, but you've got to come out this weekend and take care of business at home against the Florida team that's absolutely reeling right now.
2: No question, the Gamecock jet plane is on the runway. Gamecocks feel like they got a good pilot, and we trust the men in the tower to get this baby airborne, and we're just waiting for liftoff.
3: Absolutely. I'm ready to see this thing fly, and there's still time this season. You've got the Florida game. That's exceedingly winnable. In fact, you need very much to win that. It would be deeply disappointing if you didn't do it. Then you've got Wofford. If you can get those two, you've got eight wins, and then you've got that Clemson game, and who knows? So. There's still time to make something happen in this season, and I'm excited to see where the South Carolina program's headed right now, and I hope they can keep it up.
2: The self-effacing and affable Scott Davis, our guest weekly here on Gamecock Central Radio. Scott, good being with you again today, man. We'll talk to you next week. Enjoyed it,
3: Emerson. Talk to you next week.
2: All right, that's Scott Davis, and I'm Emerson Phillips, and this is Gamecock Central Radio. Thanks for joining us.